Hello and welcome to The Mock Review. My name is Drew Evans, and today on the podcast, I thought we'd take a guest that uh, some of you may have heard of. His team just recently won the national championship. We have with us none other than UMBC's head coach, Ben Garmo. Ben, how are you doing? You know, Drew, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I I had a pretty good weekend. I think you probably figured that out, but I, I really, I have zero complaints. I'll put it that way. I think that that's pretty fair. If you had some complaints, I would probably be asking you what they were. All right, Ben, but let's let's get down to the brass tacks. You're sitting there after the team's gone, sweating bullets. Jonathan Woodward is reading out the results in his typical Jonathan Wilbert fashion. What's the feeling as he is telling you that it's a point differential tiebreaker? I, so I'm so glad that I made the decision. Um, I'm, I'm pacing around in my office and I made the decision to set my phone on, on the desk and turn on voice memo. Um, and you can hear you know, he goes, you know, oh, five ballots for the plaintiff and five ballots for the defense. Uh, and the 11th ballot is a tie. You just hear me go, no. <laughs> like, and I have zero memory of that happening. Um, but I, I also I really appreciate that Woodward, uh, you know, put some drama into it. Like it was uh, incredibly dramatic. And, you know, you're just sitting there trying to think, okay, like, you know, as he's saying it's point differential or, I mean, it's, it's total raw points, but it, it ends up adding to the same as point differential. Um, and you just, you sit there and hope that you got that extra point or two that you've been fighting for. And, and it was pretty surreal. All right. So, you know, obviously that's the stressful moment, but then there is the UMBC has just won by five points moment. So take me there. I mean, you just said it's surreal, but give us a little more. Like, what's the feeling? You've been working all year towards this. Yeah, I mean, the feeling is absolute elation and just complete joy more than anything I can remember in a really long time. Um, you know, I am very aware of the fact that there are hundreds of coaches and leaders across the country who you know who crave this moment um obviously it's a little different being virtual but it doesn't take away from it and that is something that i have tried to remember over the last you know 48 72 hours uh as this has sort of processed and started to sink in is that you know i when i say like the dream of a lifetime i mean i'm 31 like i don't have that many years (laughs) behind me but, but at the same time like I've, I've been doing mock trial in some form for almost 20 years since I was a freshman in high school. And I've been coaching at the AMTA level for seven or eight years now. And this is, it's the dream. It's the absolute dream. It is the thing that so many people want. I, I actually listened back uh, earlier today to the interview we did early on in the show with Danny Kunkel. Um, and she talked about just the feeling of being able to lift that trophy um, after, you know, I think they almost dropped it. But like, aside from that, like, <laughs> uh, like just that feeling of like, you, you work so hard for this. And um, just to talk about my students for just a, just a moment, please. The, we had a, a UMBC news article that came out today and the section that quotes me, I talked about sacrifice 
Um, and that is the word that comes to mind for me more than anything else. Uh, I know how much my students sacrifice for this activity. They give up time, time with loved ones, significant others, family, time to just be college students. And we didn't have a spring break this year because spring break was the week before orcs. And we scrimmaged almost every night that week. Um, you know, people compete when they've just gotten off of work, when they're low on sleep, when they're battling, you know, difficult mental health days, they put in hours and hours. And this is not, to be very clear, this is not unique to my team. Every team, like like hundreds and hundreds of teams across the country do this every year um, in pursuit of this goal. And to get to watch my students, this group of people who I would literally do anything for, uh, have that moment was the pinnacle of an educator's life. You know, someone who like, yeah, I love mock trial, um, but I'm a teacher. I love teaching. I love having a student come in as a freshman, knowing nothing and leave as a senior, uh, feeling like they can take on law school or whatever it, you know else it is. Um, and that's what I thought of with Sydney and Thomas Kylie, my two seniors who've been with me for four years, who have been through like a lot of ups and downs, like many, many ups and downs. Um, and so I just, I'm so happy for them. Um, I'm so happy that they got to achieve this and they got to have this moment of just pure elation and pure joy that so many people, uh, you know, really just, just crave and, and so few people get to experience and, and I guess that's my last thought on this topic is uh, I recognize that. Like, I want to be very clear that I recognize and I understand just how unique this is and how there are so many people out there who were probably just as good as us who didn't get this moment. And so I think that almost brings a responsibility on me to, like, enjoy it more because mm -hmm. it, it would be almost unfair to the incredible other teams, not just this year, but every year uh, who haven't uh, had that moment. So, you know, there are a few other thoughts that I have, but just, just those are my main ones. And I am, I'm, I'm just so full of joy and appreciation for all 10 of the rostered members of that team, not just the seven who competed with three non-competing members who were timekeepers and tech chairs. And, and I just, I, they are all champions and they're going to have that for the rest of their lives. And that is something to be able to give that to them is the highlight of, of my career. I can't imagine anything better. Look, I, I think that we can all hear it in your voice, like what, what this has meant to you guys. And it's, it's cool because um, I think what you said about literally everyone else wants this. I think that it's not even reasonable. Like most teams don't, I know that when I went to nationals, our dream wasn't to win. That was like not even on our radar. We were just happy to be there and wanted to do as well as we could. But like at the end of the day, your dream, if you're doing mock trial, it's to win nationals and only one team gets that. And it's just, it's cool. And it's so exciting for you guys. I know how hard you guys work, but I mean, it, it is really cool. 
And I think that one of my takeaways just from hearing you talk about commitment, people need to understand what makes teams the champion, what makes any team great is hard work. There's literally no other way around it. And it's interesting to me because I I think that so often people go, oh God, I've got to face so-and-so team or, oh, this team is at my regionals. Oh no. And I'm always like, why are you scared of them? They're, they're college kids that are working with the same material that you are. The only difference is that that program has this reputation for working their absolute tails off and always being so prepped and so polished and so perfect. That's what makes teams and programs great. And look, from watching that final round, you guys were that team. You guys were perfect. You guys were great. It was fun to watch. And what a a just legendary, what a wonderful cap to this season. Um, ben, I'm just, I, I'm elated for you, but I just, it's, man, what a special moment. Yeah. And, and, and let me say something about that final round um, and specifically on the topic of what you were just talking about with, with, you know, teams that, that do things, you know, that, that work hard and do things the right way. Um, I could spend the next hour talking about how great Yale is, um, which I know would be a little bit of a plot twist, uh, <laughs> right. you know, things, but I want to be very clear that like Yale is incredible. Um, and what happened two years ago, you can think whatever you want to think about it, but we said it then, and I will say it again now, that that is, I think there is no dispute, no argument that over the last, you know, however many years, they are the greatest program in AMTA. And I just, I don't think there's a coherent argument to make for any mm-hmm. other team, any other program. Um, they are good people. Um, they are kind, they're wonderful, and they're so damn talented. It's insane that they got back here, um, that they were literally one point away from being national champions after what happened to them two years ago. And just, I mean, that's a young Yale team. I know like, like, you know, Kinsey's sort of the veteran, but like, like the rest of them, my understanding are fairly young and given what, what happened, that's not surprising. And also just the team two years ago, how senior heavy that team team was. Um, I admire that team and how they do things and their constant willingness to uh, just like, I'm not going to say push the limits because I, I don't want to like get us into a discussion about what happened uh, a couple of years ago, but like just to be, to have such a unique and, and uh, powerful way to approach any case that they do, um, which can sometimes be polarizing as we've seen from some of their results. But I thought that team was unbelievable. If they had won, if they, you know, if, if they had announced Yale at the end, I couldn't have been anything but uh, satisfied with that result. Uh, I've spoken to just a couple of them afterwards and they have been so gracious and so kind and wonderful. And from start to finish, I, I just have nothing but great things to say about that team. The other thing I will say too, um, that I think is a fascinating footnote on all of this is that we scrimmaged Yale the Wednesday before nationals on the sides that went in the national final round, because that's what you do. You scrimmage teams in the other division. Cause you're like, what are the odds? 
Um, it turns out the odds in this particular case were pretty decent. Um, and it was a really fascinating dynamic. And I, I expected them to pick defense when they won the coin toss because of the defense bias, which we'll get to. But I wasn't sure because we had seen that defense. We, we had, you know, we had scrimmaged them when they ran the basically the same thing. We each team made a few adjustments, but, um, and, and it just, they're so good. They're so fantastic. Um, to make the final round six years in a row. I mean, there's just like people who made the final round the first time are like three years into their legal career and Yale's still out here making the final round. So I just want to say that like they are champions in their own right. They're incredible. And um, I got a very nice email from someone, you know, affiliated with that program that was sort of like, it's kind of a tradition now for UMBC and Yale in a high round at nationals to tie um, <laughs> because we split two years ago too. So uh, I, I know that was kind of a long thought, but I just wanted to say that they were like just the classiest and best final round opponents anyone could ever ask for. I thought they were just as good, if not better, you know, than, than we were. And I have nothing but fantastic things to say about that entire team. Just, and I, I, this isn't to make less of anything, but, you know, Ben, you, you expressed that Kinsey was a, a veteran on that team. And my guess is that that's because Kinsey was, you know, as a first year on that Nationals team um, from 2019. Right. But not a single member of that team was a senior. Like, all those kids are coming back. So your point about Yale is right. I mean... I, it's funny because it's actually reminiscent to me of, you know, if you go back to the whole 20, the, the, the 2015 to 2016 Yale, where they, they kind of made it against Harvard as a pretty, as a young in quotes team, there was mostly a lot of juniors. And then that basically whole team comes back the next year to win it. I yep. mean, like, how is, how are they not? who you're expecting to make it back now next year. Like I just, Oh, absolutely. It's absurd to me. Like when will the legacy stop? Like when are they going to have a bad batch of kids and we can finally like get someone else as the final round person. I just feel like it's just, okay, who's going up against Yale this year. So yeah, I mean, we could, we could talk forever about them. What a fun round. And I just, I really briefly wanted to say on Yale and I don't want to talk about them for long because you know, I, I'll get accusations of being Yale biased, but look, their witnesses are something special. And I think that if you're a team that's kind of trying to figure out, like, how do I get to that elite level? If you're like a good orcs team that, you know, sometimes makes a national, sometimes not, but you're kind of like, how do I get to that level? To me, it's the witnesses. I, I think it's really funny because when I was a first year in college, I was a witness. Not a lot of people know this. I was a horrible witness, by the way. But I, I witnessed for our Habford's A team. And I was so struck by, I was like, this is so dumb. I got basically straight sevens, eights, you know, maybe a nine here and there. And I never got a single comment because I knew my affidavit. I said things that were good for my side. I was probably way too fighty on cross. But I, I never said anything that was categorically wrong, but I just wasn't really doing anything special. And I was like, this is dumb. Like witnessing is dumb. There's a ceiling on it. You know, there's no difference between good witnesses and great witnesses. Like you can't differentiate yourself. I was like, attorneys way easier to differentiate. I 
I think from watching that final round, because I thought your witnesses were great too, Ben, I am like, nope. I, you know, if you think that you can't differentiate well as a witness, that's because you're not a good witness. The great witnesses differentiate. I was so struck by that watching that round, how compelling I thought all of the witnesses were. The fact that every single one of those witnesses had something going on in the background. They did something to utilize the fact that they were on Zoom. I just was like, so I was so struck by that. I thought it was so clever. It was so well done and just so well executed. So if you're trying to figure out how to be like UMBC, how to be like Yale, look to your witnesses. It also doesn't hurt if you have someone like Sydney Gaskins on your team, I think. But, you know, that's for another day. It does help. I, <laughs> I, I can confirm. Um, let me just, we should we should talk about the tournament as a whole. Um, yeah, let's do that. But you, I want to just say one more thing. Uh, and we're going to have like you know, this is this is a little bit of an uncomfortable position because, like, I've said on the podcast before, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I often, I don't really talk about my team, and like, I don't really get that choice right now. Like, if we don't talk about my team, we don't have a lot to talk about. Um, but I, you know, like, I, I do want to make it very clear that like there there's a lot of other amazing things to break down, and we're gonna get into that. Um, but I, I do just want to speak briefly about Sydney. Um, you know, like. <sighs> Someone said to me recently, like, uh, you know, what, what is, what, ha- what is there to say that hasn't been said? And I think that's true. Um, but I think for me, you know, I joked with her when we were celebrating afterwards that she's been to nationals twice and she's a four time all American, um, which is pretty good. Um, but I guess I just felt, you know, such a sense of pride, um, watching her close. And just knowing just the the legacy that she leaves in this organization um, and just the, the, the representation she provides to so many people, you know, all over the country. And uh, there's, there's a lot more to talk about and we're hoping that we can talk about it uh, with her. Um, You know, it might be the first episode she ever hears, but (laughs) uh, I'm just so proud of her. I'm just I I was so struck by you know I tried I tried so hard during the final round which since Drew you and I were texting you know that I failed miserably in this but mm-hmm. I tried so hard to sit back and just be joyful and just be like this is amazing this is this is so cool um and I had moments for each of my students where I was able to do it uh but the closing you know I just I stood because I didn't sit down the entire round but I just stood and just watched her close and just watched this magnificent just absolutely legendary competitor um you know just close for the final time and like how can like there's not a better setting um you know one one of the things that i thought when we you know if we had won the coin toss i think we were going to go defense because of the debias but um i did know at the end of the day the last words that are going to be spoken in this round before everybody writes their last numbers and submits their ballot are going to be by sydney and in the back of my head, I was like, that gives us a shot. No matter what else <laughs> happens, that gives us a shot. Um, and I've got so much to say about each one of my students, and we'll have an opportunity to do that maybe on a future episode. But I just, I really think that she has cemented her place as one of the greatest to ever do this activity at any level. And I'm just immensely proud of her. And I feel so fortunate, um, so blessed to use a word that she uses sometimes, so blessed to have. Uh, had an opportunity to play a small role uh, in her success. 
I think that before we move on um, from the topic of Sydney, I, I want to tell this really short story. Um, when the national final round was going on, I was watching it with a bunch of my high school students, both from from both teams that I coach, actually. And the first time Sydney came on, and especially when she was closing, but the first time she came on, uh, my, my students were just were struck and they were like, how do you sound like that? Like what, how do you become like that? And I was like, I do not know. I wish that there was a formula I could tell you to make you like Sydney Gaskins, but she is just a unique, special competitor. I was like, everyone in the country wants to know how do I sound like that? Because my goodness, it's kind of wild to watch someone and just be like, I don't think I would have changed any of that. Like, I think that's just like kind of exactly what needed to be said exactly the way it should be said. And like, I, I'm glad I didn't have to judge that because to me, I'm like, I, you know, it's a hell of a lot better than I could do. Hell of a lot better than I could draw <laughs> up. Frankly. Uh, I, it's just, it's fun to watch. And I'm, I'm just, it, it was an honor just to get to watch her clothes for the final time in, in a, you know, a college round i just wow yeah well let's yeah let's move on to yeah, yeah. we've talked about it enough so if you want to take us through sure. we're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the field so if right. you want to take us through that let's do it well we've talked a lot about the umbc but let's start with the ziegler division um, where umbc was of course the the winners out of that division with a whopping 14 wins but there were a number of other outstanding national championship trial teams let's go through them in second place we had Tufts University with 11 wins and an absurd 43 CS, followed closely in third by UCLA, who also had 11 wins and this time a 39 CS. Then we had Duke A with 11 wins and a 30 and a half CS. And finally, Wesleyan with 11 wins and a 29 and a half CS. In sixth, we now went away from the 11 wins, went down to 10 and a half wins at Harvard University. Then Patrick Henry B with 10 wins. University of Florida, uh, I think University of Florida A here. Uh, Florida uh, yeah. A with nine and a half wins. Then Penn State with nine wins and a CS of 35 and a half. Then Northwestern uh, with nine wins and a CS of 34. And then we did have three honorable mentions. Florida State with nine wins and a 29 and a half CS. Chicago with eight and a half wins and Miami with eight wins. Um, first of all, oh, by the way, that was Chicago B, I should say. Um, just listening to those teams, uh, I mean, all of them should be overwhelmingly proud. You made it to the national championship. You either placed or were an honorable mention team. That is huge and super impressive. Ben, you faced two of those teams. And I think the natural one to start with is Tufts. So Ben, can you tell us a little bit, you know, how was that round with Tufts like? Man, they're so good. Mm -hmm. um, they are so good. Um, so that round was a we were eight and zero. They were seven and one going into that round. So it was just absolutely critical. You know, both teams knew anything less than a split in this round, and it probably put you know knocks you out of any shot of getting to the final. And then of course we split. Um, I mean, they just don't have a weakness. Uh, their <laughs> entire table uh, just is smart and and powerful um alexander thompson who won an all-american and played blaine crawford 
might have been the best witness I saw all weekend. He played like a like a sort of nonchalant Boston like exterminator who was just like almost like his character was that he was kind of boring and it was masterful. I thought it was one of the best witness portrayals I've seen in a long time. He pops on screen, he's got his Red Sox hat on and they gesture to make him take it off. And uh, you just start out that way. And then he's just like, you know, he was so cooperative on cross because that's just how someone like that would be. Um, And then just they're so good. Like I that round was excruciating because I knew how important it was. Um, And to get to 11 wins with a CS of 43 is outrageous, is unbelievable. Um, and that Tufts team was just as good as us, just as good as Yale. Absolutely, you know, with with you know, sort of a different dealing of the cards, could have been them instead of us in the final round, and we couldn't have said a, a bad thing about them. Uh, I messaged with one of their members on Sunday night, and I just told them, like, we admire their program so much. They do things the right way. Whenever we leave around with Tufts, I feel like I learned something about the case. I watched one of my attorneys be challenged in a new or different way. I watched a witness be portrayed a way that I hadn't thought of before. They're also the nicest damn people. Um, they're just so nice and so pleasant to go up against. And uh, I thought they were incredible. I thought they were just absolutely incredible. Couldn't say enough good things about them. And like I, I said this to them, like like taking second with a CS of 43, like you should basically consider yourself a national champion because that means that, you know, I mean, they faced... Like they faced us in round three and UCLA, who was the team directly behind them in round four. So like the top three teams, they faced two of them and they were the other one. That's, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. So I just, they're incredible. And I could, I could sit here and talk for hours, but it's just how great that team was. Well, and I'll say that I'm excited. Tufts is another fairly younger team I mean, I'm less excited about that. Well, sure, sure. But I mean, (laughs) I'm excited to see what they do. Yes, my understanding is that uh, they're graduating both Will Wilson and Oliver Marsden. um, But the rest of those, I think the five other members of that A team are all coming back. Um, Oh, sorry. Also, Will Porter. So I've said four of those members will be coming back. But I mean, look, that is a just ridiculously good team. I actually was lucky enough to watch a little bit of the Tufts UCLA round four. um, And like, wow, that was just so much fun to watch. I mean, they got second and third for a reason. Those were just some absolute welterweights just pounding away at each other. And wow, was it a cool, cool round to watch. And I, I come back to the fact that for me, it was the witnesses. They were just so good, so compelling. You mentioned how good... Alexander Thompson was on defense. He was stupendous on the prosecution too. He Mm -hmm. was, I mean, he was great. I think that Brett Sachs had the best portrayal of a ridiculously hard witness to play in Weston Meyer. Uh, Andrew Porter was a phenomenally funny Lions, Lions guy. He was just awesome. It was fun to watch Tufts. They're amazing. UCLA came in third and they were their opponent and they were equally awesome to watch. It was such a fun round. I was so like just fortunate to get to watch a little bit of that. Um, But Ben, you did face another one of these teams that was in the top 10 and that's Patrick Henry B. Uh, Let's just take a pause and acknowledge the fact that Patrick Henry B got seventh place and was in the high, high final round um, of round four, which is a 
like insane, impressive result for them. Um, but Ben, you know, how was that round with Patrick Henry? What do you think of them? I thought they were like pretty amazing. I, I, you know, given I, I was, I was exchanging text messages with um, Sue Johnson, who directs the forensic uh, program at Patrick Henry, which is just an unbelievable machine churning out talent, given that they've run uh, collegiate moot court for like 15 years. Um, and I was just like, this is your B team. Like, and of course, when we get to the other division, we're going to talk about their A team who had an incredible weekend, but I thought the team was just like, I just didn't think they really had a weakness. I thought that their, their case was rock solid. Their witnesses, you know, they were like classic Patrick Henry. Their witnesses were not super crazy out there. Um, but they felt like real people, you know, listening to the witnesses. I felt like these are very realistic um very honest you know they had like their jokes tossed in there but they seem to just sort of make an effort to play the case as human as possible and i thought they did an exceptional job of that um i did not leave that round feeling comfortable i know we ended up winning the ballots but like i like i did not leave that round being like cool felt good about that <laughs> one like it, i knew it was going to be close i knew it was going to be tough um and I just think that's the test, a testament to what they do, uh, just their ability to just build talent and to just at such a small, you know, school. We've traveled there a couple of times for scrimmages and little things. And like, you know, I think there's like 300 students at that school and um, they're amazing. And I just I have so much respect. Um, you know, I've talked on the podcast before about my admiration for the late Dr. Frank Aluza and just what a wonderful job he did there. And then Sue Johnson, who's who's become a friend of mine and just is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And as someone I, I look up to as, as an educator, uh, that team was fantastic. And I couldn't, couldn't have enough awesome things to say about Patrick Henry and just the way that they do mock trial. Well, I think that I don't want us to spend too much time on any one division. I want us to get to the other one, but before we go, I just wanted to quickly highlight a couple of things. The first is that I just love the fact, and I'm sure he hated it, but friend of the pod, Nat Warner in round four, has the two oh, teams no. that he coaches, Wesleyan and Northwestern, locked in a heated battle to kind of who's going to place. And, and Wesleyan came out on top in a close, close win by one, win by one, win by 17, lose by 28. So, uh, you know, an interesting round to say the least. Um, <laughs> but I just thought that was hilarious, uh, obviously horribly mortifying, I'm sure, for him. I don't think he thought it was right, very I'm hilarious. Sure, but I thought it was funny as his friend and someone to, to just watch the the torment, obviously, in him. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to highlight is that there were two programs in addition to Patrick Henry that managed to get both their A and their B teams to place. And that's Duke and University of Florida. I just... I think it needs to be said for a moment, like how crazy that is to get two teams to nationals is a ridiculously impressive accomplishment to get two teams to place. I, I like don't have words like that's just beyond me how that's even possible. I I'm beyond impressed in all three of those programs. I wanted to just mention Duke. Their a team got fourth place and while their cs was a 30 and a half which doesn't sound quite as impressive as tufts and ucla look at who they faced like those yep. are tough teams 
First, they've got South Carolina, which is a very underrated program. I think is really, really strong. Probably not underrated anymore. I think people finally caught on that they're pretty darn good. Next, they've got to face uh, Ohio State, who, you know, Ohio State's Ohio State. We know how good they are. Then they get tossed to UCLA, which, you know, we just talked about how good UCLA was. And then in their last round, they've got UC Berkeley. And we just talked, uh, you know, last episode on how good we thought UC Berkeley was going to be. You know, there's a reason why uh, we were talking to who we were talking to. You know, Duke had a tough schedule and they managed to pull away with 11 wins. That's an impressive showing for their A team. We'll talk about their B team in a second, but I was just, I, I felt very validated considering they were the team that I was kind of pulling a flyer on. And then Florida, I, you know, it's interesting. I don't really know why Florida wasn't as on my radar. Like they should have been. They had been doing really, really well. And they proved that like there's a reason why they've been doing so well. That's just another really impressive showing as a program to get both their teams through uh, to, to placing in, in the you know top 10. So I just – I wanted to highlight those two before we moved on because I just thought that they deserved that shout-out. Um, but, Ben, before we move on to the other division, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about the, the uh, Dr. Sarah Ziegler division? Just very briefly, I – I totally agree with you about the analysis of Duke's CS. The, the thing about nationals is when you get into those like sort of middle rounds where it's like the teams who are all kind of trying to sort of claw their way up into that top group and those those high, high rounds, CSs don't always jump super high because teams are getting beat up. And so like, you know, Duke played some incredible teams who didn't win a huge number of ballots. Uh, because they played other unbelievable teams, a team like Ohio State, who was absolutely fantastic, but had a brutal schedule themselves, or Berkeley. I mean, just the fact, you know, and, and I, I feel bad almost saying this, but so Berkeley went six and 10, and they had a 33 and a half CS, but that they didn't like, they had a brutal schedule. Berkeley's incredible. And is that a surprising result? Sure, but it, it doesn't reflect the fact that they had a bad weekend. It just, it's really hard to find balance at nationals. And so I agree with you about Duke. I agree with you about Florida. Uh, those performances are really impressive. That Duke team had won a lot of things coming into this weekend. And uh, I think just top to bottom, I mean, we, there's also Harvard on this list who had a very strong weekend. Um, I just, I think, I mean, people talked before about how tough this division was. And I think it, it showed that it was. Well, I feel bad. We've now basically mentioned every team on there except for Penn State. There are, you know, our neighbors uh, to the West. Um, Penn State had a wonderful showing as well at nine wins. Now we've covered all the teams that were in the top 10. Let's go ahead and move on to the other division, the Judge David Nelmark division. Of course, the winners out of the Nelmark division was Yale University at 13 wins. They were followed by Patrick Henry A at 12 and a half wins. And we'll talk about that half point in a second. University of Florida B, oh, this is, yeah, University of Florida B at 12 wins. A B team at 12 wins. I, okay. Fourth place, Emory A at 11 wins and a 36 CS. Duke uh, B at 11 wins and a 33 and a half CS. Stanford A at 11 wins and a 32 and a half CS. Then we take a big jump down to eight and a half wins. We got University of Minnesota with 34 and a half CS. Northwood with eight and a half wins and a 33 and a half CS. Then University of Michigan with eight wins and a 35 and a half CS. And finally, Boston University with eight wins and a 34 CS. 
Our two honorable mentions here were UC San Diego with eight wins and a 30 and a half CS and Wheaton College with eight wins and a 29 and a half CS. Uh, so look, we, we talked enough about Yale. Yale was fantastic. I want to first take a second. We talked about Patrick Henry and their B team. This is Patrick Henry's A team. And in that final round, they went three wins, one tie with a very good Northwood team. If that tie turns into a win, Ben has a very different final round opponent. Yep. I mean, that's pretty crazy. And and what's really wild to me, what's what's actually one of the most insane parts about this is Patrick Henry A gets one more point there. And, you know, let's say that Patrick Henry B somehow, you know, pulled out a win against you guys, Ben, which, you know, I think you guys swept them, but let's pretend for a second they do. Our national final is Patrick Henry A versus Patrick Henry B. Yep. That's kind of crazy that they were that close. Like, I, I just, when both of your teams are not only placing, but they are in the high, high final rounds, I just, I you know, my hat's off to them. That is amazing what they've done over there. I know we've talked a lot about Dr. Frank Calusa, but the fact that they have maintained that level of success, even with his passing, uh, just shows the type of legacy that he's left with that program. You know, you mentioned Sue Johnson, their new coach, but clearly, you know, they're just as strong, if not stronger, really, than they have been historically. This is just an insane program that you should never want to face ever if you enjoy winning rounds. Um, I just think that's incredible out of them. That's such a crazy, impressive showing. Uh, I, you know, I don't know, Ben, do you have anything else you want to add about them? Yeah, I, I echo all of that. I, you know, I loved facing Yale in the final round. Um, I would have loved to face Patrick Henry. Um, I think it would have been just like the round with Yale. I think it would have been a really just truly stellar final round and just the strength, you know, so many of their students do like, you know, they go and they win mood court national championships and then they come and almost win AMTA national championships like three weeks later or whatever. Um, and, and it, they're just remarkable. And, and I think I said this earlier about Patrick Henry B, so I won't sort of belabor the point, but I've never left around with Patrick Henry feeling like, oh man, that theory, I felt like that theory was a little slimy or like, I didn't, I didn't really like how they kind of invented that fact or whatever. Like, I think they play a really like decent and uh, commendable style. And uh, I just, I have a ton of respect for them. And to be in that position where you've got, you know, two teams so, so, so close uh, is remarkable. And, and then I guess my last thought is I really feel for the folks at Patrick Henry because having been on the other end and, and gotten to experience how incredible it is to get to that final and win it um, to be, to be one point short has to be something like you just sit there and think about what could have gotten you that one point on that ballot, even though Northwood is, as you said, really spectacular and had a great weekend. So kudos to Patrick Henry. They should be incredibly proud of the showing that they had. And, and I don't know, there's some questions about like, how you know tpr is going to be calculated but i'm pretty sure either way patrick henry a is going to be like third maybe fourth or something in the country and that's that's incredible you know i i do want to make one brief correction i i just realized that in round two yale and patrick henry actually faced each other and yale won three of the four ballots 
all of them actually were two-point differentials, but three of those were in favor of Yale, one in favor of Patrick Henry. So I actually think had Patrick Henry won that tie, uh, Yale would have had the tiebreaker with them with the head-to-head. Yeah, points. you're right. I didn't notice that. Um, so so to, to be fair, Yale still would have gone, but I mean, still, obviously, they're really, really close. Um, well, and look at just really quick to look at the mark. I, I had not looked at this before. Yeah, so I'm the really margins, glad that you. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Four twos. Yeah, that's not, I mean, that's crazy. Holy crap. Like, that's crazy. Well, you know, it's it, it's funny. I think when you look at the margins, like I'm I'm so glad we had four judges each of these rounds. And I'm so glad we had tw- like the 11 judges we had for the national final round. It just shows you how good all of these teams are. Like, these are all such close rounds. It's just, it, it, you almost pull your hair out being like, holy cow, like, what are the chances that it's this close? That the final round came down to point differential, and the point differential was five points. Like, it's so close. The fact that Patrick Henry was facing Yale, and, you know, literally the margins were two points on each ballot. I just, it is pretty absurd. It just shows you how good all of these teams were and how close each of these rounds were. And, and it's it's crazy because it's all on a knife's edge, you know, a little to one side or the other, and it, it changes the whole thing. So it's just, I mean, it's just absurd. I I'm, I, I feel like I'm just rambling and just going crazy because I'm just so in shock by what's happened. Yeah, I, I <laughs> and it was a, that's that's a good catch with the Patrick Henry and Yale round. So, so I mean, yeah, Yale would have gotten through either way, but... Patrick Henry would have, you know, it would have been a tie that, you know, they would have had to to break with head to head. And, and it's just, it's, there's so much, there's so many great teams. We should talk about a few others on here. We, we've talked already about Florida um, and just, just how impressive of showing they had Florida B being third place is, is wild. Um, then you've got Emory at 11. That's Emory A. We scrimmaged them a couple of times. They're pretty fantastic. And I know they were right there in the hunt because of course, you know, I'm, like, I know, you know, we've got to win our round against Patrick Henry, but I'm also starting to try to calculate, like, okay, how are things going to break? Who's going to win what on the other side if we do get through? And Emory, like, I think Yale and Emory were the two teams that I felt like were maybe, like, the most likely or, like, pretty high likelihood of of being who we would face along with Patrick Henry A. So a remarkable showing for them. And just all of the other teams on this list are just teams that we see so consistently. Stanford is Stanford. They're really excellent and and just consistently one of the top teams in the country. Um, you know, you already talked. I mean, Minnesota, Northwood, Michigan, and Boston University. Just uh, a really impressive list. And I think, you know, I would argue that the Nelmark division showed that they were as equally a strong of division just based on really the impressive performances that we saw by these teams at the top. I couldn't agree more. I'm glad you mentioned Emory. I was so excited. Uh, Emory, you know, I'm very good friends with Rhea, who obviously had a wonderful, wonderful performance. Um, And I just wanted to mention, you know, I I think I mentioned being excited for her uh, on an earlier podcast. But what, like, what does it say about her that she managed to, after her final round, when you know, you know, you're you're one of the top teams that's in in the running for the national finals to then come and run trivia for everyone and do such a wonderful job at it. I was just like so proud of her. I thought it was so cool. Um, and I wanted to give her another shout out because I, you know, double awarding at, at nationals is something we've started to kind of reserve for Sydney Gaskins. And it's cool for her to, to have double sided awarded um, and to have been doing the trivia for them. So Emery, wonderful, wonderful job for them. 
awesome showing for her as an individual. Um, but I'm glad, you know, there are just so many good teams here that did so, so well. I think it's, you know, we mentioned these B teams that have been so impressive. There are also a couple of really good A teams. I'm so glad Northwood did so well. There were so many question marks about them going into it. So many people had their doubts. Oh, it's not the same Northwood. They're not going to be that good this year. And they come out there and they say everyone to stuff it. They get eighth place. Like, I just love that. I think that it's awesome for them. Um, look, I... I think that this has gone, this is a pretty long episode so far, and there is so, so much that we could talk about, but I I don't want it to get too much longer. So I'll just say that I am so excited to have gotten to watch the rounds I got to watch. I am so just proud of everyone, really. Like, this has been a tough year, and we managed to make nationals, you know, really seem like nationals. Uh, And I, I just think that that's, my hat is off to AMTA. My hat is off to everyone that competed and absolutely everyone that placed or even was just there. Be proud. Like that is a huge, super, super cool accomplishment. So that's all I've got, Ben. I'll, I'll throw it back to you if you've got any closing thoughts on this division. But really proud of everyone. Great job. Yeah, I think I, I've pretty much said everything about this division. Um, so I'll just offer like one or two quick closing thoughts to wrap us up. And then we will have time you know, in future episodes to, to go into depth on some of these other things. But first, I want to echo what you just said. What the American Mock Trial Association pulled off this season is nothing short of remarkable. Uh, to be able to put together just a massive online season and to have it run pretty much flawlessly. Uh, you know, there's a few bumps along the way, but most of them were things like Zoom lockups and crashes that the AMTA can't control, and they were planning for it. They had, like, whole other Zoom rooms where it'd just be like, oh, this Zoom is crashing, we can just all magically migrate over here, and they're just, they did an incredible job from Brandon Harper and uh, Missy Watt and Will Warahay and Elizabeth Smiley and all of the other people who, Jonathan Woodward, and, and just all of these people who are so heavily involved in putting on this season, they, like, we as a community community should celebrate them and the work that they did because none of these people get paid. They all have day jobs. You know, our Brandon was so busy. He couldn't even be at openings because he was in trial at the time. Um, I can only imagine how much work he put in someone like Missy. I mean, if you competed this year, you got an email from Missy at like three in the morning at some point, probably multiple times. I can only imagine how much work she put in and just everyone else. Uh, on the AMTA board, on the various AMTA committees, who uh, just just made this season possible. Um, and and my my closing note to to sort of bookend this conversation. You know, we're going to be the first new plaque on the Calkins Trophy since Miami in 2018. Um, obviously, what happened with with Yale was unfortunate, and then last year Nationals was canceled, and. That is something that I feel deeply honored to be the team that gets to be the national champion in like a comeback year for AMTA, right? That like, you know, irrespective of how you felt about what happened two years ago, I think we can agree as an organization, it just, it was not ideal. It was not what you want to see happen as an organization. And then last year, of course, nobody's fault, just terrible timing, terrible circumstances. Um, but we named a national champion. And yes, is it more joyful for me because it was me? You know, like, yes, obviously. But I, either way, if it had been Yale, if it had been Tufts, it had been Patrick Henry, whatever, 
Um, we did it. We got a mock trial season. It feels in some ways like yesterday, Drew, that you and I were recording the episode that they had just postponed the national final or the mm-hmm. national championship. And, you know, then obviously just there was no way that it could have could have been done. We didn't have the infrastructure in place, but we did it. We made it through a season. We had an incredible season of mock trial. We crowned a national champion. We got to celebrate our seniors. We have a whole new group of all Americans. The trial by combat list just came out like AMTA is is good to go. And like, I think this community is healthy. I think this community is growing. I think next year, obviously a a lot's up in the air about next year, but I think we're going to see a lot of teams come into this organization next year. People who are like, you know, if, if odds willing, if we can, you know, things look a little better in the fall and it's easier for teams to be able to participate, uh, you know, just be able to say, man, I like, we're going to grow this organization and this, and this organization's future is bright. And so, like to be able to play a small role in that by winning the championship this year is is really a tremendous honor and it's something that we take very seriously and um i just i'm so grateful uh i'm so um you know i've 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 had so many thoughts and so many emotions over the last 48 60 hours um but the the overwhelming one is just gratitude um, for this organization, uh, for someone like you, Drew, who I got hey, to meet start, through this don't organization. Don't start crying on me, man. I don't know, but I, like, I, in all seriousness, like, I'm just, I, I love this activity. I think it's, I think it matters. I think it's important. I think it builds skills for the future. I think it teaches you important life lessons, and it can be so brutal, so brutal. Everyone who's listening to this knows that feeling, and I hope that whether you know, you were on UMBC's team and got to get the, you know, sort of the ultimate experience or any other team who maybe fell just a little bit short. I hope that we can all celebrate this season um, and what we managed to accomplish as a community about safely and just, you know, carefully managing to have a full season from start to finish, getting those orcs results, getting a national championship, crowning a national champion. Uh, I just can't wait for the next time that we can all celebrate together and just be able to look forward to the future. I think the future is bright. And I just, I think that's about it. I think I'm just, you know, I'm still riding, riding pretty high after this past weekend. And I can't wait to see what comes next for this organization. Yeah, me too. I think that's a great way to leave us off. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a surreal moment. And I think that we, both of us have been a little bit more rambly on this one than we, we try to be, but I think there's there's a pretty valid reason why. Um, yeah, I think I will say this. Like, if anyone wants to to like sort of bring that, I'm like, I think I have an excuse this yeah, time. Yeah. Like, it just I I think I'm just gonna say I think I have an excuse. If you're listening to this right after he just won nationals, and you're surprised that he's ranting about winning nationals, like, I I don't feel bad. Welcome to the podcast. I'm yes. glad it's your first episode. That's right. Honestly. Like what? But look, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in your feed soon. We've got a lot of exciting new things planned. Trial by combat's coming up. We want to get to talk to some other people from UMBC other than this guy who talks way too much already. Yeah. But be listening. Be checking your feed soon. This has been the Mock Review with Ben and Drew.